Hello and welcome to this Multipeer podcast. My name is Kenton Jones, Vice President of Marketing. Joining me today as usual, Michelle Priest, our Director of Marketing. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Kenton. Good to be here. It's good to have you. And our copywriter, Joel Polina. Hello, Joel. Morning, Kenton. So we're talking today about World Water Day. The day we're posting this podcast is March 22nd, which is uh, commemorated as World Water Day. 2021, celebrated around the world, or I guess I should say observed, not necessarily cause for celebration in a lot of cases. So we're going to talk a little bit today about what World Water Day means and how it how it can affect you, and I guess basically what you need to know. So a little bit of background information. World Water Day was first established by the United Nations back in 1993 as an international day to highlight the importance of safe water and to bring awareness to the world water crisis. And uh, judging by some of the statistics that we've been able to find, there certainly is a water crisis out there throughout the world, no matter where you live, whether it's developing countries or whether it's uh, right here in, in the good old United States. It's, it seems like water continues to be an issue on the forefront of things. So uh, either of you want to want to add anything as we uh, get started here? As far as drinking water goes, I mean, here in this country, usually it's, it's kind of taken for granted because uh, you just assume any of the water coming out of your tap. I mean, obviously with exceptions like uh, like Flint, but even then the general assumption is when you get tap water, it'll be relatively safe to drink. But, you know, globally, it's it's a whole other, it's a, a whole other deal. Like uh, as far as drinking water goes, it's it's something like on the low end, I've, I've seen a, a statistic of 11% of the, of the global population doesn't have access to a, uh, what they call an improved water supply, I guess, I guess some sort of uh, water supply that's been treated in some way to make it a little healthier. So that's 11% of the world that has access. The only water they have would probably be either tainted or, or full of contaminants or, or somehow not guaranteed safe. And that's just for drinking. But then on the other statistic, and I know we mentioned this uh, the call is that on the low end, we've, I've, we've seen uh, 25%. On the high end, 60% of the global population doesn't have access to clean water or, or just any water for toilets, for waste, for sanitary uh, uh, you know, disposal of waste there. And that's, that is, is startling because that's, that's what, four and a half billion people that are either using ditches or waterways or, or just whatever is nearby to use the bathroom. And that's not something I think a lot of people consider when they think about water and right. the role of water in society. Yeah, Joel, and I think that what people don't necessarily realize is that this is a this is a health concern, a public health concern when it comes to water, because so many children, especially in developing countries, are affected by diarrheal diseases or or other diseases that are are associated with microbiologically unsafe water which can be tainted, again, by what you were saying uh, about lack of, of proper sanitation. So a statistic I found here is that uh, diarrheal diseases kill one child every 60 seconds and that these diseases kill more children under five years old than malaria, AIDS, and measles combined. So it is a legitimate health crisis globally that uh, access to safe water or the lack of access to safe water is is preventing. That's a shocking number. It really is, isn't it, Joel? I think oh, the big thing is that, you know, we forget about here in the United States because, you know, the water here is is treated. 
you know, so we're getting a better quality water overall. So we take for granted that in areas like around the world, especially I know in Africa, the water is so horrifically bad that people are so very sick, but it also affects us here in the United States too. So even though our water is better, we still have a lot of these same problems with, you know, with the water lines. Yeah, right. one, of the th one of the things, Joel, I think you were getting at, at at the very beginning was that kind of the default setting, the assumption in the United States and developing and developed countries is that the water is safe. And the assumption in developing countries is that the water is not safe. But really, all around, it should be just assumed to be uh, questionable, I guess. I, I believe we talked about this uh, previous podcast, but it's it's kind of a... Uh... Despite the fact that, yeah, here, here the default in, in, in first world nations, the default is the water safe, but we kind of always generally forget how delicate the infrastructure can be and how easy it is for some sort of crisis to happen that affects the water supply. And suddenly the water that everyone assumes is always going to be there, always going to be available, that's safe, suddenly is, no, is no, longer, no longer there. Nothing safe to drink, nothing safe to use, nothing safe, not, no water for your toilet, no water to take a bath or wash your hands. And we've seen that every time there's a big flood or a hurricane or frozen pipes or anything like that. And it kind of hammers the, the point home that water is not as... It's not as robust. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I, I, one, one of the things that I think you're also alluding to here... Um, that, that we're still dealing with the storms that passed through Texas and uh, the deep south last month in February, which kind of caught everybody off guard. One of the big problems of that was water, was how the, the cold temperatures, the unusually cold temperatures affected the water supply. And as of this recording, folks in Mississippi are just now getting access back to uh, their tap water. We saw it all over the news, what was happening in, I think it was Austin and San Antonio. That was really the, the super newsworthy stuff back in February, the week of the storm. But here we are almost a month later in March, and they are just now getting their tap water back. And the reason was is frozen pipes and, and you know temperatures that they'd never had to deal with and that their plumbing was not intended was not designed and engineered and, and constructed to to withstand these cold temperatures and it was a profound loss of of water and access to sanitation especially in i think it was jackson mississippi yeah and then look look at the american southeast in general like uh, puerto rico florida all along the coastline every time it's hurricane season there's usually at least one incident or oftentimes more than that uh, each year where the water is uh, at least for a, a limited amount of time, the water is just not safe due to damage from the hurricane, just uh, burst pipes, uh, flooding, contaminated water sources, that kind of thing. So it doesn't even have to be anything like freak, like frozen pipes that no one expected to happen. It's just something that happens every year, and yet the water supply is tainted every year. So World Water Day is is really bringing attention to uh, and raising awareness uh, for water around the world, whether it's uh, developing countries or whether it's domestic water problems. And, and we've talked about kind of, I, I guess these things can be considered uh, water issues pertaining to climate events, right? Whether it's in in Africa, whether, you know, where there's profound drought and just lack of access to water period, or whether it's, it's storms that we see, like Joel's saying, uh, hurricanes and their effect on infrastructure winter storms, freezing temperatures, their effects on infrastructure. But 
I think that uh, World Water Day should also raise awareness for other water issues and, and access to water issues, and that is maybe non-weather related, but uh, but but things like problems with uh, with bottled water, and that maybe we need to take a, a second glance at at bottled water. And, and Joel, you were sharing an anecdote uh, before we started recording here. I don't. I'm wondering if you want to share that with us again here. I had taken my wife out to dinner. Uh, we were meeting up a, a couple friends, and. Uh, Right off the bat, you know, waiter comes around or they, they ask for your drink orders. And the first thing this person said, the waiter says is bottled water or filtered water when they come to our table. And I thought nice. that is a really nice, nice shift, I guess, maybe in, in, in attitudes of certain restaurants that people might not necessarily just want, like either default tap water or just whatever fancy bottled water they have. They give you the option. And I uh, I kind of spoke up before I also the table said and I said, filtered water, please because I, I felt like I kind of had more knowledge there. Um, Way to take charge, Joel. Nice. <laughs> but I thought that was a nice gesture, and I don't know how common that is. Uh, obviously, we went to a, a fairly upscale Italian restaurant, but I think that's a, uh, that's a really it's a great trend if that is something that's more getting more and more common where they give you the option where some people obviously prefer bottled water, but uh, I think erroneously prefer bottled water. <laughs> but I think I like the fact that it's, they didn't just say like tap water, they said filtered water, which is, a, I think, a really a tremendously good sign for a restaurant that they're using a filter on their tap as a viable water option. I, I got to know, Joel, did you also just order for the rest of the table? Did you say, <laughs> uh, the lady will have the ravioli and uh, no, you didn't. You didn't uh, I would have done that for my wife, but she would have smacked me and I really would not, rather not be smacked. <laughs> That's too funny, Joel. But that's great, though. That that's like a, a unique kind of awareness now. I think more and more people are becoming aware of water choices, and that there's something other than tap water or what's perceived to be better bottled water. And people are appreciating filtered water is a good alternative. So yeah, we had uh, we we had a little bit of an incident here in Las Vegas uh, just this week. I don't know if if, if you guys have, have seen it in the news, but. Uh, a, a homegrown bottled water company here in Las Vegas, I think it's called Real Water. The FDA has uh, essentially shut them down right now. I think people were, were contracting hepatitis uh, or, or something that uh, the FDA was really concerned with Real Water and Real Water voluntarily to their credit uh, said, okay, um, we're gonna stop production right now until we get this all cleared up. If you got it, return it. Um, and, and so they've they've been playing nice, but Nonetheless, <laughs> here here it is, the supposedly very safe product that is marketed to us as as being better than tap water, safer than tap water is in of itself uh, uh, presenting presenting problems to people. Uh, now, nothing definitive has been found as far as I can see so far time of this recording. But the word hepatitis was was the one that was thrown around. People were having uh, liver problems, which I, I believe are associated with hepatitis. And I think a lot of the assumption there is that when you have bottled water, it's safer than the non-bottled water. But uh, you know, there's just not a lot of uh, not a lot of uh, uh, certifications involved with the quality of a of your given any given bottled water. And I think this kind of this highlights that. Yeah, exactly. That there that there needs to be more safeguards put in place, or people just need to uh, to choose differently. Well, I mean, they had, they had that huge series of articles a couple of years ago about plastics being found in bottled water again. 
bottled water is not the source, the quality of water people think it is. And also, you know, the, the bottles are really bad for the environment. That plastic takes forever to decompose, you know, 400 years plus. So, I mean, the water's not great and the vehicle holding the water, the plastic bottles is horrific for the environment. So. Oh, I think this is a great time to plug one of our previous podcasts. Remember our, uh, our plastic recycling podcast? Definitely go back and listen to that because it, it, what Michelle is talking about, about the danger of plastics and, and, and all of that, uh, go back and listen to our, our podcast. It's on, uh, I think it's on our Spotify list about recycling. So sorry, shameless plug for ourselves, three of us. We have a lot of really good podcasts, shamelessly plugging again. There's a lot of very interesting topics about all different kinds of things. And I think people should really listen to us in our car when they're driving around. <laughs> we are entertaining as all heck. <laughs> At least we think we are. It's a good way to remind people that we're not just on SoundCloud, but on Spotify. I know a lot of people use Spotify to listen to podcasts. That's right. That's right. Okay, so back to the uh, subject of tan. I'm sorry, I threw us off uh, <laughs> tangent there. Talking about the awareness of water and bottled water. Uh, so I, I happened upon a really interesting nugget that I had read a few years ago, but just kind of tucked it away and, and didn't realize it until I was reviewing some notes. Okay. What is the number one issue in the news cycle for the past 12 months? Pop quiz. Oh, COVID. Yeah, exactly. Coronavirus, right? Did you know that water contamination can have an effect on our immune response to the COVID vaccine and to uh, the virus itself? Really? Yeah. Tell us more, Kenton. So, okay, well, I'm, I'm about to. So it was discovered years ago that people whose blood is contaminated with uh, forever chemicals, perfluorinated chemicals, have a lower immune response. And especially children, there is correlation there between higher concentrations of perfluorochemicals in their blood and higher incidence of, of immune system problems, higher incidence of of asthma, higher incidence of allergic reactions. And they're also discovering in adults that people with higher concentrations of perfluorinated chemicals in their blood have a lower response to vaccines. So vaccines have a less, have less effect, effectiveness, am I saying that right? Yes, uh, to people who have higher exposure to perfluorinated chemicals. So yet another reason to get a multipure and protect yourselves from perfluorinated chemicals in, in the water and in the environment because they are having a direct effect on how well the vaccine might work for you. How about that? Wow. Good to know, Ken. I wish I were a chemist or I wish I were <laughs> or, or, or a pharmacist or, 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 you know, somebody who understood the, you know, the chemical relation here. But uh, all I can do is just uh, relay the information to you. And, and you know, even though uh, the vaccines are obviously uh, – Effective because uh, what, what do they find? A uh, 94, 95% for the Pfizer, 94, 95% for the Moderna version of the vaccine. I mean, that's still 5% that might it might not be as effective or might not be fully effective. And do you really want to increase the chances by, uh, you know, if, if it turns out the water you're drinking is, is making that, that percentage chance of it not being effective worse? Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I think that obviously the science is too young right now and the, and the research, especially on the COVID-19 vaccines, is too young right now to really be able to tie the effectiveness of those of the new vaccines to perfluorinated chemicals, 
but if if past history tells us anything, other vaccines, other common vaccines, things like the flu vaccine, uh, do have been shown to have a, a, there's a negative effect on those with people uh, that have higher concentrations of, of perfluorinated chemicals in their bodies. Well, it just shows the importance of having a really good quality of water to drink. You know, it makes a difference. Whatever you put in your body makes a difference. You know, people are all ta always talking about organic foods and how important it is to get organic fruits and vegetables so you don't have all those chemicals on your, on your yeah. food. But then they wash it in tap water, which was unknown quality. So right. you want to rinse your fruits and vegetables and steam your fruits and vegetables that are organic and all kinds with quality malt of pure water. Shameless well, plug. <laughs> I think that there's, I think that there's, uh, there continues to be an evolution in that, Michelle, just like Joel's experience in the restaurant. I'll tell you, when I first started in this business almost 20 years ago, we tried to reach out to restaurants saying, hey, you really should be serving customers uh, filtered water. And time after time, the response was, why? We can't charge for it. So why would we pay extra money for it? Uh, whereas bottled water, we can charge extra for bottled water. But it's nice to see that the market is responding. I, I, that's the point I'm kind of making here is that the market is responding where restaurants now see it as a viable alternative to offer their customers as something that they can market or, you know, an added value that they can offer their uh, their customers and their patrons is filtered water. And so I think we're going to continue to see that um, back to what you were saying, Michelle, people having this realization, hey, you know, I should be using filtered water for other things other than just drinking the water, right? So I, I, it's, I don't know, it's reassuring to me that we're on the right path, that we're doing the right thing, that we've got the right message. And things like World Water Day are only kind of bolstering that message and raising that awareness. And World Water Day is such a broad water issue, such a broad category, it covers so many things. I mean, for developing nations, it's just getting access to clean water, getting access for water to drink versus access to water for sanitation. And then you get, and then for for uh, developed nations, it's it's what's in the water, uh, how's the infrastructure carrying the water, what's uh, uh, what's what's a better alternative versus bottled water, all the the, the kind of uh, higher level concerns, if that makes sense, and and it's all covered by World Water Day. I guess it's great because it raises awareness on every level. Okay, so here we are. We got World Water Day. So what can you do? What can our faithful listeners to Multipure's podcast do to be a part of this? And the answer, I think, is anything. Just do something. Whether you're going to be posting on social media, whether you find a reason to maybe email your contact list or text somebody or, God forbid, even call somebody. It's just a good opportunity to to talk to people about water. And, and as we know, the mantras of Multipeers, talk to people, talk to people, talk to people. And, and this is a, a, another great reason to talk to people about current water issues. As we've talked about the last, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, there's a, a number of, of water-related issues that we can talk about. I mean, there's really no shortage. Very true. And then the other thing you can do, adding to your list of things you can do because you want to be proactive is... Reach out to all your past customers. If you've been with us for a while and you've sold systems to other people, reach out to people and let them know, you know, today's World Water Day and just want to make sure that your multi-pure is, is working for you and you're using it for all the different things that you could be. And by the way, do you have anybody else in your family or people that you care about or people you're working with that you might want a multi-pure system? So 
shamelessly don't I mean, just go out there and ask them because you know you're doing people a big service and you know, i talk to people all the time on the phone and they're like oh i feel funny asking people if they want a multi-pure i feel weird selling things to my friends and i'm always telling them i go you're doing such a good service to people you know the whole mom network thing is you know when we find a deal on something we're telling all of our friends about this great deal you know before the podcast started we were talking about something that one of the, one of our, our co-workers got and you know we all share the information <laughs> so why wouldn't we share the information about a multi-peer system was going to save people money, give people better quality of water and protect their kids. So I think people need to really get that idea and, and, and run with it, you know, be proud of what you know and have and share it with people. And it doesn't have to be overt. One of my son's uh, friends, uh, uh, his, his mom and, and her son came over, uh, I don't know, a short while ago. So the, the boy asked for some water we told him yeah just make sure you're using the filtered water spout which is right over there and then that that kind of opened the door because now the mom asks uh oh yeah you know what what filtered water to use or or who are you using and i kind of say you know i'm, I'm using a multi-pure because one it's the best and obviously i work there but it's also the best and it's better than tap we don't use bottled and so on it, it starts a conversation without having to just come out and say hey multi-pure use it <laughs> you know just letting letting people know that you have the water let them taste it let it let them try it and that's sometimes that's all it takes definitely i know years ago one of our our top sales people used to take the the train to work every day and every day he'd be with the same commuters but he'd have his multi-pure water bottle with him and people started asking him hey what's that hey what's that and he sold a ton of units to his fellow commuters his best customers were from those from that train ride every day so again just an easy conversation at this day and age versus again when i started you know, donkeys years ago, people realize that there's something wrong with the water. It's not the best quality. And that's why bottled water has gotten so popular. So people are looking for an alternative and it's important to to let them know that Multipure is a really amazing alternative uh, to tap water or to bottled water. So there you have it, folks. I think in summary, this is a World Water Day is, is another reminder for us to share what we know about water. You raise awareness uh, to people around you. It's obviously not front of mind for a lot of people, but that doesn't mean you can't uh, bring up the conversation. So I think there's a, a lot of interesting subject matter that, that we discussed here on this podcast that you can share with other people. And you know, we're interested to hear from you. So uh, visit us on social media uh, or on Instagram, Facebook. We'll be posting, obviously, this podcast on Spotify and, uh, and SoundCloud. So we, we really appreciate having you on today's podcast, listening in as we discuss World Water Day, what it means for us, what it means for the world. I know this was incredibly brief. I mean, this is, this is a huge subject that we could talk for hours and hours on, but, uh, but the point is raise awareness about water, raise awareness about the access uh, to clean, safe drinking water, and how Multipure is part of that equation, how Multipure is something that you can talk to other people about and and introduce them to, to the world's finest water filter. So uh, any other closing thoughts, Joel? World Water Day really doesn't have to be anything specific. I think just it's just nice to know on this day just to think about water, think about, like, uh, one, how lucky we are that we live in a place where, where water is not something we worry about too often, but at the same time, it's good to to know that uh, know some of the issues out there, and know that you know even something subtle like filtered water versus bottled water. I mean, as simple as that could be a good way to introduce people or talk to people about water. All right, Michelle, final words. You know, 
people need to use this as a platform to start to start talking about multi-peer. People are always saying, oh, I should have started my multi-peer business, business sooner. I wish I would have started when I first signed up or I wish I could have, would have, should have. Use this as a starting point saying, you know what, uh, today for World Water Day, I'm going to do send two text messages. I'm going to make two phone calls. Do something to get your business started because you're going to feel so good that you're going to be able to help so many people get better quality of water and let this be the platform to do it. Couldn't have said it better myself. So I want to thank our guest speakers today, Michelle Priest, our Director of Marketing, and Joel Polina, our copywriter. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast discussing World Water Day and what you can do to get the word out about the water crisis that's happening globally. So thank you for listening to this podcast. We appreciate your time. And just remember that Multipure is for life and for you.